Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because He is always faithful and always good. Well, thanks for joining me today on the All Things Podcast for this very first week in February. I wanted to come to you this week with a monologue and just share some ways that God has been working all things together for good in the life of Redemption Press and She Writes for Him and my life personally. I have to say that working up to the last week of January, we spent eight days celebrating all that God has done over the last eight years of ministry in the work of Redemption Press and She Writes for Him. I have to just tell you, I am wowed by the faithfulness of God. I have a signature look in my selfies many of you have seen where I just have a jaw-dropping smile, which is my way of reminding everyone how much God amazes me every day in every way. So think for a moment how wowed I am today to look into the biblical significance of the number eight. BibleStudy.org says the number eight in the Bible represents a new beginning, meaning a new order or creation, and man's true born-again event when he is resurrected from the dead into eternal life. And I have to tell you, I feel like this moment in time for Redemption Press is a turning point for us. We are on the precipice of a new beginning. And understanding the biblical significance of the number eight, along with the most fascinating startup failure rates in 2022, is just one more wow factor. Now, just think about this for a moment. When I founded Redemption Press on January 27th, 2014, I had no financing, nobody with deep pockets, no line of credit, and no investors. It was me and God and my soon-to-be pastor hubby who had no retirement or any savings accounts to speak of. Imagine what my jaw-dropping selfie would look like after reading this article the other day on Review42.com. It said, 90% of new startups fail. 20% fail in the first year. 34% close within the first two years. Just under 50% even make it to their fifth year. 33% make it to the 10% mark and only 25% make it to the 15 year mark. When I think about the last eight years of Redemption Press's life, I see so many lessons God taught me so many times when I could not imagine how God was going to come through but over and over he did. 
There were times where I was faced with doing the right thing even when it hurt and cost a bunch of money I did not have. I have always been grateful God gave me the courage to do that because, let me tell you, it was hard, but it was always right. Some of you have heard where I had to reprint the Live Bold devotional journal, which is a very expensive product with a ribbon marker and rounded corners and hardcover and an elastic band around it. This wasn't just some cheap paperback. But I had to reprint 1,500 copies of that devotional journal after finding errors that were our responsibility to fix. And the employee who worked on the corrections failed to double check their work. But the buck stopped with me and I had to do the right thing. I could tell you loads of other stories where I took a loss in order to make a situation right. Redemption Press has been a gift from God to enable me to give back to the writing community in the body of Christ and to do my part to build up the kingdom of God by empowering others to tell their stories with excellence and truly impact the lives of others. But more than that, it is a testimony of God's faithfulness. Based on the numbers, I never should have survived to the eight-year mark, let alone the one or two-year mark. But God, he has refined me and sanctified me as I walk forward with him by my side. He has brought me some of the most amazing women I have ever known to link arms with as we serve our authors and provide meaningful employment for those God calls to be part of our team. My friend and teammate Shelly Brown and I were just talking the other day about the amazingness of God's grace. The truth about what God has done over the last eight years can be summed up in that one word, grace. Most of us consider grace to be the operating force that saves us. That's what, I mean, that's just kind of, We're saved by grace. That's it. But that's not all. I'd venture to say that grace is the operating force that keeps us as well. In Titus 2, 11 and 12, in the NIV, it says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. See, that's that saved by grace piece. But this scripture goes on to say, It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. I cannot tell you how many times I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up, to wallow in self-pity, convinced that God had the wrong girl for the job. I cannot tell you how many times I wanted to quit to give up, to wallow in self-pity, convinced God had the wrong girl for the job. I've had people who call themselves Christians steal from me, betray me, lie to me, lie about me, gossip behind my back, take a paycheck for work that they didn't do. But having been mistreated, let me just say, 
just gives me a little itty bitty taste of how so many treated my Savior and he didn't deserve a bit of it. So when I reflect and consider every mountaintop and valley, every victory and every failure, every bit of abuse, along with every time I made a poor decision in business, and all I can see is the grace of God at work and the faithfulness of Jesus. The Greek word for grace is charis and is defined as the freely given, unmerited favor and love of God and the influence or spirit of God operating in humans to regenerate or strengthen them. I did not deserve the grace he worked in my life and in these eight years. It was unmerited. But at the same time, it also was his spirit working in me to strengthen me so that I would not give up. Strong's Concordance defines additional aspects to grace as the following. Graciousness of manner or act, especially the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, including gratitude. I love how my word of this year is reflect and it shows up everywhere I look. As I reflect back on my time with Redemption Press, only he can get the credit for the last eight years. And I cannot even imagine what he has in mind for this new beginning and these next eight years. I only know that he is always, and I mean always, working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes, Romans 8:28, and the theme of this podcast. So for those of you who know me, you know that my all-time favorite devotional is Streams in the Desert. And I just have to share with you the devotion dated February 1st because it goes along with this perfectly. The scripture it references in the February 1st devotional is 1 Kings 12.24, This is my doing. The disappointments of life are simply the hidden appointments of love. My child, I have a message for you today. Let me whisper it in your ear so any storm clouds that may arise will shine with glory. And the rough places you may have to walk will be made smooth. It's only four words, but let, but let them sink into your inner being and use them as a pillow to rest your weary head. This is my doing. Have you ever realized that whatever concerns you concerns me too? For whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye, Zechariah 2.8. You are precious and honored in my sight, Isaiah 43.4. Therefore, it is my special delight to teach you. 
I want you to learn when temptations attack you and the enemy comes in like a pent-up flood, Isaiah 59, 19, that this is my doing and that your weakness needs my strength and your safety lies in letting me fight for you. Are you in difficult circumstances surrounded by people who do not understand you, never ask your opinion, and always push you aside? This is my doing. I am the God of circumstances. You did not come to this place by accident. You are exactly where I meant for you to be. Have you not asked me to make you humble? Then see that I have placed you in the perfect school where this lesson is taught. Your circumstances and the people around you are only being used to accomplish my will. Are you having problems with money, finding it hard to make ends meet? This is my doing. For I am the one who keeps your finances and I want you to learn to depend upon me. My supply is limitless, and I will meet your needs. Philippians 4.19 I want you to prove my promises so that no one might say, You did not trust in the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 1.32 Are you experiencing a time of sorrow? This is my doing. I am a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, Isaiah 53, 3. I have allowed your earthly comforters to fail you so that by turning to me, you may receive eternal encouragement and good hope, 2 Thessalonians 2, 16. Have you longed to do some great work for me, but instead have been set aside on a bed of sickness and pain? This is my doing. You were so busy, I could not get your attention, and I wanted to teach you some of my deepest truths. They also serve who only stand and wait. In fact, some of my greatest workers are those physically unable to serve, but who have learned to wield the powerful weapon of prayer. Today, I place a cup of holy oil in your hands, Use it freely, my child. Anoint with it every new circumstance, every word that hurts you, every interruption that makes you impatient, every weakness you have. The pain will leave as soon as you learn to see me in all things. This is from me, the Savior said. As bending low, he kissed my brow, for one who loves you thus has led. Just rest in me. Be patient now. Your father knows you have need of this. Though why, perhaps you cannot see. Grieve not for things you've seemed to miss. The thing I send is best for thee. Then looking through my tears, I plead, Dear Lord, forgive I did not know. It will not be hard since you do tread each path before me here below. And for my good this thing must be, 
his grace sufficient for each test. So still I'll sing, whatever be, God's way for me is always best. Mm, I love streams in the desert. I'm going to leave you with this text that I received just a day before I read that uh, devotional. From a teammate of mine and sister in Christ, I call her Yellow Girl. She said, good morning, friend. Just an encouragement for your day and the reminder to be still. Majesty is coming. Jesus knew the storm was coming, but he had the disciples get in the boat anyways. He wanted them to look beyond the boat to find him walking on the water. Then he calms the storm. If Jesus would have calmed the storm first, the disciples would have missed out on his majesty. And his majesty is the whole point. Sometimes we're in such a hurry for God to calm our storm, but God's purpose is that we might find him in the midst. That's it for today's edition of the All Things Podcast. God bless your week. See you next Wednesday. Bye for now. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.